Let's open God's Word once again to Ephesians chapter 5, and we began this journey many weeks ago, and it started really backwards, you could say. We started at the end of the equation and ended up having to backtrack to the beginning of it, but we started looking at chapter 6, where we are commanded to stand against the wiles of the devil, and then we were reminded through the Word of God that we cannot stand unless we first find ourselves seated in heavenly places, and then we learn to walk. And that's what we've been looking at the last several weeks is, is the walk that we are commanded to have. We are commanded to walk worthy. We're commanded in the second chapter to walk in those good works that uh, it was before ordained of God that we should walk in them. And then we were commanded to walk worthy. We were commanded to walk not as we used to walk, and last week, we looked at how we were commanded to walk in love. We pick up where we left off with a new commandment, a continuation, not a new one, but a continuation of that same commandment to walk. And after Paul speaks from really verse number three down to verse number six of, of uh, what is not to be named amongst us, what is not to be mentioned, how a believer should not look like, what we should not look like, We're told in verse 7 not to be partakers with them. And then we're told in verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness. You used to be darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. There's our title this morning, Walk as Children of Light. One of the most challenging things in a dark world is to walk as a child of light. And one of the most challenging things in the Christian life is to constantly be reminded that we are new creatures. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? I was listening uh, to a sermon earlier this week on this particular subject, and and, uh, a man was giving an illustration of a true account of a woman who had, through the last couple of years, had found herself in a coma. When she woke up from the coma, lost 20 years of memory. Think about that. She lost 20 years of memory. She could remember things 20 years and further, but the last 20 years she forgot entirely. And she had to learn everything all over again. She recognized her husband simply because she knew him from before 20 years ago, but she didn't realize that she was married to him. Imagine trying to explain that one. But she had to learn everything all over again. Now, the thing is, as Christians, we sometimes live like that spiritually, don't we? We sometimes forget we shouldn't. We sometimes forget that we're actually new creatures. And all of our instruction for what we are to do and how we are to live That grows out of, it should grow out of, who we should be. And one of our problems is we are oftentimes very practical people. We would rather somebody give us a list of do's and don'ts, wouldn't we? That's the way way that every religion in the world works. Do these things and don't do those. But Christianity is different. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. Christianity is different. It's about what Christ has already done. And about the reality that that one who died for us has come to live inside of us. 
and he will live through us if we yield to him. We find here this instruction, beautiful, walk as children of light. We learn that our behavior should grow out of who we are and who we are, who we should be, can only be found in who he is. That's why we've got to be sat regularly and continuously in heavenly places. For example, uh, we read, we looked at it last Wednesday. Be ye holy. You're supposed to be holy, not supposed to do acts of holiness. That's what some people confuse. They get confused, don't they? They think that if they do acts of holiness, that that makes them holy. No, be holy. Well, you are to be holy because he is holy. We are to be followers of God. We read in verse number one and walk in love because we read in one John, God is love. So therefore, we understand all that we should be and therefore all that we should do is based and rooted in who God is. And if you don't take the time to plop yourself down at the feet of Jesus, you'll never understand who God is and you'll never therefore understand who you should be and you'll be constantly getting it all wrong about what you should do. It all is traced back to seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The next thing we're looking at today is walking as children of light. I wonder today, do you know the Lord? You can hear how much a person is sitting in the heavenlies by how they speak about God. You can hear whether or not somebody has been sat in the heavenlies just by the way they talk about God. You can hear it. Now, there are a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, and knowledge is good. But if you're not careful, knowledge puffeth up. With increased knowledge comes increased sorrow. That's what Solomon said. It is very possible to have all sorts of knowledge, even proper doctrinal knowledge and proper Bible knowledge. It's very possible to have all of that knowledge and yet still not know God. Very possible. There are lessons about God's character that can only be learned in His presence. There are many people who have known the Word of God but do not know the God of the Word. Now, I I will make this abundantly clear. You can't really know God without the Word of God. So I'm not saying put aside the Bible and have some sort of existential experience. But what I am saying is that you can have all sorts of head knowledge and have zero knowledge of being sat in the presence of God. And I think that's what's killed many of our churches in the last 20 years. There's been an awful lot of knowledge, an awful lot of intellectualism. We understand doctrine and we understand church polity and administration, but we oftentimes miss that which is most important, which is can only be found in the presence of the king. Do you know him? Just listen to somebody talk about God. Listen, read, listen to what somebody wrote about God. You can tell whether they have been with God. We are instructed today to walk as children of light. Now that's different. That's a different command than walk in the light. Now we'll look at that later on. 
It's different than just saying, okay, walk in the light. That would be relatively easy, wouldn't it? It would be relatively easy if God said, walk in the light, bang, there's the light, walk in it. That's pretty easy. But we're told to walk as children of light. We're told what to be, not just where to put our feet. That's a whole lot harder. It's much more difficult when we're told what to be than it is when we're told where to be. That's a lot more challenging. Walk as. We're given a portrait. We're given an example, an image as a child of light. Now we understand this. It's not a foreign concept. It's not a difficult concept because I'm a child of God and so should you be. If you've been born again, you should be a child of God. And if you remember, we read it with the children a moment ago in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5, God is light. Therefore, we are told, walk as a child of light because you're a child of God. We expect our children to walk, to live like our children. Sometimes we hear one of our brothers say to his children, act normal. What he's saying is, act like you're my child. Maybe if he was a little bit more normal, then maybe his child would walk a little bit more normal. No, I'm only kidding. We say, act like you're my child. Act like you're following my footsteps. Well, that's what we're saying here. Walk as a child of light. Walk as God. You and I are not God and will never be God, but we're his children. We are his children. And we're commanded to walk as he We find this principle all through Scripture. It's not a New Testament principle only in the Psalms. We find it, Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 36, and verse number 9, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. It's a beautiful phrase. In thy light shall we see shall we see light? Meaning if you step out of his light, you no longer see any light. We find in Isaiah, the prophet uh, prophesying of the days that are to come, that haven't even come yet, Isaiah 60 and verse number 19 and 20, he says, the sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light. What a day that will be when we no longer look to that big round sun in the sky for light, when it will be the presence of Christ that will be an everlasting light for us for the rest of eternity. What a day. Revelation 21 says the same thing. We are told that God is an everlasting light. So we're to walk as his children. Now, this is better than walking in light. We'll get there in a second. But this is better than walking in light. We're to walk as children of light. Now, think about it for a second. We can do that because we've been begotten by the light. We've been born again by the light, the one who is the light. And therefore, we understand that if if we understand that a dog gives birth to a dog, that a cat gives birth to a cat, contrary to what many modern scientists believe, we understand that, that animals give birth to what they are. And so God reproduces light. You were once darkness, now you've been born again and you are light. That's the reality of who we are in Christ. I remember my pastor 
uh, giving this word many years ago. I never forgot it. He would say, light obeyed brings forth more light. We'll come to that in a moment. When you follow the light or walk in the light that you've been given, you have more light. So the question then begs, how do we walk as children of light? Well, back up to our text, if you would, and we find some very helpful uh, comments. Uh, Paul writes, and he says in verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, meaning you used to be darkness. Now, that's not you used to be in darkness. You used to be darkness. Now, that's heavy. Now, the truth is nobody likes that. I was speaking with a gentleman here recently who just refuses to admit that he's wrong. But you have got to remember where you've come from. You've got to remember what you used to be. You were, past tense, not anymore, but you were darkness. Everything about you was dark. Your thinking was dark. Your intellect was dark. You couldn't even think properly. Your morality was dark. Your conversation was dark. Your behavior was dark. You were darkness. And if you have never come to recognize that or admit it, then something's wrong. If you're here today and you want to identify as a Christian, but yet you refuse to admit that you were darkness, then I I, I doubt very much that you've been brought into the light. If you can't hold up your hand and and hang your head in shame and say, yes, I was darkness, but praise God, I'm not anymore. If you're not able to admit that you were dark, then you have not come to the light yet. We're told in this book, chapter 2 of Ephesians, uh, verse number 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's dark. Death is dark. And you were dead in your sins. Verse 2, wherein in times past ye walked. You were walking according to the course of this world. Whatever the world told you to do, you did. I always get a little chuckle when, when an unbeliever says, you all are brainwashed. And I just said, okay, yes, we're the brainwashed ones, okay. You're brainwashed. Well, they were walking. I was walking according to the course of this world. Whatever the world said, I went along with. I didn't even question it. Whatever I was taught, I swallowed. Whatever pills they put in front of me, I took them down. That's the way that an unbeliever is. It doesn't matter where it comes from. We just go with the flow. We're taught to go with the flow, to conform. And so we were walking in according to the course of this world, according, it goes to explain further, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, and among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We did whatever we wanted to do. And we were We were, by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. We were. Do you know that? We were. Verse 12, it says this, uh, chapter 2, that at that time ye were without Christ. There was a time I, I didn't have the Savior. I was an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, a stranger from the covenants of promise. I had no hope, and I was without God. I was without hope. I was without God. Not anymore. And can I just say this morning, would you look this way? If you've never, ever been born again, if you do not have new life, then today you are dead in your sins. It's not that you were, you still are. You're still dead in your sins. You're still walking according to the course of this world. You're still a child of wrath. 
You are without Christ. You are a stranger to the promises of God. You are without hope and without God. Do you know that every single week, multiple times a week, I get telephone calls about people who are, who are not just depressed, but struggling because they don't have any hope in the world. Every week, text messages, emails, telephone calls, more and more with each week. There's no hope. They have no hope. They have no Christ. They have no God. They have no promises. They have no life. They have no direction because they are darkness. But the marvelous thing is, is that Paul says, you were not anymore. You were once, sometimes, previously, darkness, but now are ye light. I love this. Now ye are light. We once lived a life so totally opposed to light. That's why we try to hide all of our behavior. That's why we try to do what we did. When we did the things that we shouldn't do, we try to hide it, except for the ones who did what we did with us. We try to hide it. We were embarrassed. Why? Because it was wrong. Everything we did and lived was contrary to the light. But now ye are light. Now, how is this possible? How could we who lived such dark lives now be called light? It's explained for us in the verse. But now are ye light in the Lord. There's the key. You remember that? Chapter 2, in the Lord, in Christ, in whom? This is the key to the Christian life is recognizing it is in Christ. This is a fact. I am in Christ, and therefore because he is light, I am light. Because I'm in him. I am in the Savior. The Christian life has to be lived from heaven. Think about this for a second. It has to be lived from heaven. It has to be lived from the heavenly places. It has to be lived from the presence of God. It has to be lived from there into this world. There's no other way. We must be sat together. We've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our mind, our heart, our thoughts must be in Christ in heavenly places. I can't stand that that phrase. I said it a while ago. I can't stand that, co- that comment that you can be too uh, heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I think that's a load of nonsense and rubbish. There's no such thing. You can't be too heavenly minded. You cannot be. What that simply means is you're convicting them. When somebody says that, it's because your life has convicted them of their normal, casual, nominal Christian life. They don't like it, so they're telling you to come down to their level a little bit more. Don't listen. The Christian life must be lived from above, sat in heavenly places. And the moment we forget that truth is the minute we begin to go back into darkness. It's the moment we begin to fail. But when we begin to live daily and hourly in communion with Christ, sat in the heavenlies in Christ, who is light, when we begin to do that, then there is in such a way uh, that his name is constantly in our heart and on our lips. And we find ourselves then walking as children of light, walking in light. F.B. Meyer said this, And it is just in proportion as our steps tread the crystal pathway of light that our understanding becomes more enlightened. It's that proportion. 
The more you walk as children of light, in the light, the more you are enlightened. But our problem is we like to take one step in the light and then two steps backwards. And we're constantly living in that hazy in-between. And we never really walk in the brightness and the fullness of the light because we're constantly backtracking. And it's a problem. There is no light outside of God himself. And Jesus Christ was the express image of his person. So let's make this practical and a reality. This is why Jesus said this. Abide in me. Live in me and I in you. Because he reminded us in in John chapter 8. I love this verse. I am the light of the world and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Are you abiding in Christ? Are you walking? Are you following him? In chapter 9 of John, in verse number 5, Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. You, who can forget the, the first chapter of John, one of the most famous uh, passages that we use for the defense of the deity of Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. It goes on to say John came to bear witness of the light in verse number nine. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus is the light. We're going to walk in him, abide in him. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 35, something uh, interesting again. He said this, yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. That's a common, that makes sense, doesn't it? If it's pitch black midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and there's no lights, if you're walking in the darkness, you don't know where you're going. So walk in the light. I wonder this morning, are you consciously abiding in Christ? If so, then you are light. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, ye are the light of the world. Because Jesus understood that very soon he was going to be crucified and risen, ascending into heaven. And when he left, he would be in us. The spirit of the living God would come to live inside of us. And we would then become the light of the world. Because Christ is in us, and we are in him. Can I just get get your attention for a second? I cannot think of a greater responsibility than to be given the same title that Jesus bore when he walked this earth. When Christ walked upon this, this earth, he told people, I am the light of the world. And then he told us, you are the light of the world. You now have the responsibility to bear the light of Christ everywhere you go. That's my job. That's your job as a child of God. If Christ lives in you, it is your job everywhere you go and everything you do to be light. Paul said this to the Philippian church in chapter 2 and verse number 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of the crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Do you know the world's dark? It, it, it should be relatively easy for you to shine today. Do you know that? 
I don't mean to offend you, but it should be relatively easy for you to shine because the world is dark and it is getting progressively darker. It is getting worse and worse. And you and I should have no problem shining. In fact, it should be natural. If the spirit of the living God is inside of you, you ought to shine as brightly as you possibly can. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let me read it for you. In verse number 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. I like those three words, cannot be hid. It cannot be hid. You can try, but it can't be done. If a city is on top of the hill, you can't hide it. If Jesus is in you, if the light of the world is in you, you can't hide it. He goes on. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I don't know how it happened or when it happened, but somewhere down the road, believers started being embarrassed about being a Christian. Those who were darkness, those who were living in utter wretchedness and who were born again started being embarrassed of the light. I don't know how that happened, but you don't light a candle so you can hide it. You light a candle so that it can burn and give light. You were saved to give light. God gave you light. God opened your eyes and opened your heart and gave you vision. He gave you sight so that you could show others. That's why he, gave, that's why he saved you. Some people think that God saved us just so we can get out of hell. Do you know that? Some people really think the only reason we've been born again is so that we can get a ticket uh, at the end of our life on judgment day that says, get out of hell free card. That's what people think. If that were the case, he would have taken you as soon as he saved you. If the only purpose for your salvation was to give you a better bed in eternity, then he would have taken you the moment you got saved. But he saved you that he might use you. He took you as a candle that had no warmth, no light, that was dull and hard and cold, cold, and he took you and lit you on fire so that everybody that you touched, everybody around you might say, that boy or that girl, that man or that woman is different. Look how bright she is. Look how bright he is. I should be like that. He goes on and says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine. That's exactly what Paul is saying when he says, Walk as children of light. Let your light shine. You are light. So shine. And as Jesus explains it, Paul confirms it. Jesus says, you let your light shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Well, how do you let your light shine? Some people think you let your light shine by uh, preaching and shouting. Well, you open your mouth when you're given opportunity. But you let your light shine by the way you live. In fact, Paul says it very plainly. Look at the text and Ephesians chapter 5, walk 
But now, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light, because of who you are, walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Some have linked that word light with the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the light, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Go to Galatians chapter 5 where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit and you have love, joy, peace. Somebody once said that goodness, righteousness, and truth are the outward display of those inward fruit. Because the Spirit of God lives inside of you, because the light is in you, then the evidence of that light will be goodness, righteousness, and truth. Are you listening? How do you let your light shine? How do you walk as children of light? Walk in goodness. When's the last time you did something good for someone? Just for the sake of it. Not to get anything out of it. It's the, it's the word it has to do with benevolence. When's the last time you thought of somebody else besides yourself? When's the last time you cared, genuinely cared for somebody else besides you and you went out of your way to help somebody else besides yourself? That's how you let your light shine. That's why Jesus said, if somebody compels you to go a mile, go with them twain, go two. Why? Because in in those days, a Roman soldier could make a Jewish person pick up his pack and carry it for a mile. It was a law. Jesus said, well, if a Roman soldier wants you to go a mile, you go two with him. Because what will happen is by going two miles, when you get to mile marker number one, the Roman soldier will say, okay, you can put your pack down. He said, no, I'm going to go another mile. And the Roman soldier is going to say, what on earth is wrong with you? The Jews hated the Romans and they hated that law. But to go two miles was to do extra that was not expected of you, was to do an act of kindness, of benevolence, and so that the man, now you've got a whole mile to talk to the man about why you're going an extra mile. Think about that. What's he going to do then? You're carrying his pack. He's got to listen to you now. And if you're real clever, you go really slow. And so we let our light shine by goodness. Just be kind. Just do something for someone. And he says, goodness, because the light, the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and it's in righteousness. Righteousness is is an adherence to the word and the law of God being right before the Lord. And we see that light in that when you begin to live your life righteously following the, the laws of God because the spirit of God lives inside of you, doing your best to follow the Lord as he's given you light in his word, by his word, when you begin, your life changes because of the light of the gospel, the light of the word. I love that uh, Psalm, Psalm 119. Uh, Let me find that verse for you. Uh, I think it's verse 105. Psalm 119, 105 says this. You probably know it by heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Think about that, a lamp unto my feet that shows me where I am and a light unto my path that shows me where I'm going. That's what this book can do. Did you know that? This book can show you where you are right now in your life. I'm not talking about in a turkey barn, but I'm talking about where you are spiritually. This book can show you where you are and then it can also show you where you're going. I thank God for the day when this book showed me that I was headed to hell. I thank God for the day that this book showed me that I was lost, undone, in darkness, and I was in trouble. 
I thank God for that day, but I also thank God for the day that it showed me that I was now in Christ. Redeemed. Forgiven. And I thank God for the many times that it shows me, although I mess up over and over again, it shows me that I am His child. It shows me where I'm going, and it shows me how to go where I need to go. All of that's found in His Word. This is how we walk as children of life and light, goodness, and righteousness and truth. Would you look here for a second? The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of light, is in goodness, righteousness, and truth. You walk in truth. No longer deceitfulness. No longer lying. No no longer manipulation. No longer trying to cover up. But you walk in truth, and thy word is truth. You begin to walk like that. Paul says something's going to happen. You prove, you reveal what is acceptable unto the Lord. When you begin to live your life like that, you begin to show what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. Look at verse 13. But all things are reproved or literally discovered, made manifest. All things are reproved are All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. You know, let me tell you what happens when you begin to live your life in goodness, righteousness, and truth. When you're letting your light shine, the world begins to recognize that they are not what they should be. And the darkness then is under attack because light has been shed forth. When you and I live the way we should live, It then causes people who are living in darkness to recognize they are in trouble. Now, they hate that. That's why people get upset with you. That's why we were walking down the path up here and somebody was pulling out of the the barn here and giving all sorts of dirty looks to the multitudes of people carrying Bibles under their hand walking up. It just brings conviction. You don't have to say anything. It just brings conviction. And it bothers people. When you shine, same way, look, every once in a while, I have to wake my children up uh, early, early in the morning. You flip the light on when it's pitch black and, it, and, they, and you hate it, don't you? You'll put the covers over your head. You'll do anything just to escape that light because the light hurts. But it's good. That's the way that someone is brought to conviction. By light. Because all things that are reproved or discovered are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Do you know you can be the very means through which somebody is saved because you're shining brightly as light. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You and I have the light of life. You have it. Walk in it. Walk in it. Practically speaking, walk in it. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Uh, I'll give you that last little illustration in closing. Light obeyed brings more light. You take a torch and you light it up in the middle of the night when it's pitch black out. That torch doesn't show you 563 miles from point A to point B. But what it does show you is just enough light for you to walk, to know where to put your feet, 
And as you walk in the light, you have more light. You are re- more is revealed to you. Same thing with God. As you walk in the light, as you obey the light he's given you now, he gives you more light. Some of you might be thinking, oh, I, I, I need light now. I don't know what to do. I'm living in darkness. Is there some light that he's given you now that you haven't obeyed? Because as long as you refuse to obey that light, he's not obligated to give you any more light. Walk in the light and he'll give you more. One step at a time. We are told to walk as children of light. Oh, what a difference we'd make if we walked as children of light. There's enough darkness in the world right now. The world needs light. And you and I are the answer to that because Christ is in us and we are in Christ. Ye are light in the Lord. May the Lord help each one of us today. Let's bow our heads together and pray. Father, we acknowledge this morning that thou art light and in thee is no darkness at all. We rejoice that our eyes have been opened and we see now that Christ is the light of the world. And what a privilege and honor and responsibility to have that light living inside of us today. And Lord, we also see clearly from thy word that thou hast given unto us this responsibility to be light, the light of the world now. Oh Lord, may we recognize that we cannot be hid. We can no longer hide. May we not be ashamed of the light, Lord. May we not try to hide the light. May we no longer try to hide the fact that we are new in Christ. Oh, Lord, help us to shine as brightly as we possibly can. And help us to walk as children of light. And help us to walk in the light. Use us, we pray. Help us, Father. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, our Lord.